what's the impact of pretending that the persecution in the privileged church doesn't exist? The Access More Podcast Network has faith-based shows about culture, family, and entertainment without all the other noise so you can discover inspiring conversations easier. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, what's up? What is up? What's up? People listening in their car may think that there's a cop Sorry, trying to pull them get, over. You're not getting pulled over. Don't worry about it. But yeah. so. But, but what if you are? And what if it's for being a Christian? Oh my goodness. That probably won't happen in America. But what does happen in America? I think that's what this episode is all about, is what does happen when you're politely or silently persecuted against? And what is the attitude toward the mistreatment of Christians in what we we decided to call the privileged church, the church that the world would label as having it the easiest? What's the impact of being mistreated in those places? And is it really right to kind of ignore it and just say, your head's not chopped off? So you're fine. Yeah, I think that, I think a lot of people jump in on this and like, well, that's not us yet. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got right. you. You right. know, but right. but right. you know, I know that God has been preparing me for a special time and season. And I'm not saying that's the persecuted season, but he's preparing all of us for, for anything for anything yeah. that we find that we find peace. So like what we're seeing right now, we're seeing 360 million Christians being persecuted against. One in seven worldwide, one in five in Africa, two in five in Asia. Mm-hmm. So you start to see these high numbers. And, and of course, you know, we're looking in America, we're looking in the United States mm-hmm. and we're not seeing like that. We're not right. definitely not being pulled out of our house. We're definitely sitting here doing a podcast. Right. I will not sit there. I will not sit there and say, yes, I can put it onto social media, but I am not going to say that social media isn't shutting that down. Right. Or at least putting a damper on it. Yeah. There's certain things that are consistently aligned with the Christian faith that are flagged as hate speech and can't be put out, but we're still allowed to try. Right. <laughs> we're not like dragged out of our home for daring to do so. But globally, but globally it's on the rise. Yes. And that's what we're starting to see. We're starting to see it more in Africa. We're starting to see it more in Asia. We see that the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, pandemic actually increased this. Mm-hmm. We see people who are being displaced from their homes. We're seeing people murdered. We're seeing people that are attacked, right? Their yeah. church is closed up. We're seeing people that are being put to trial without, like, with no defense. Like, it's, it's or like. Or they're being arrested without trial. Right, there we go. They're being arrested without trial um, and also being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. But see, let's, let's, let's come back here because, you know, the displacement, the killing and all that stuff, I, I'm one of those people. I have always been one of those people. I'm like, look, I've been around the world. I'm like, it is so much worse out there, y'all. <laughs> that like, I'm happy being right here in America. But right. there's something that is changing actually globally because it is on the rise. So where are we going on this road right now? Yeah, I think that I wanted to have this episode because me and Shay would be having these kind of conversations. And as a psych major who, I mean, there's some psychology stuff that's just like so bunk, y'all, that you don't even have to waste your time. But there is merit to looking at people and be like, wow, when this happens to them, this tends to be the outcome. Like there's that much is something we just see over and over again. And I know the harm of psychological attack. And psychological attack doesn't have the flair that physical attacks normally have, but yet they can be just as damaging, Right. right? We would not tell someone who's being psychologically abused by their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their parents as 
you're not really suffering because your head's not cut off. You're not really suffering because you haven't been sexually abused. You aren't really suffering. Because, but yet that is exactly what's happening within the church battle, I would say, right. against the world when it comes to what I decided to call the privileged church, the church that has the privilege of not being dragged out of their homes, instantly mm. fired, and I say instantly because sometimes they are fired because they refuse to back down from what they believe in. But those Christians, they do have things impacting them and their ability to function. And we can always just say, well, suck it up, buttercup, we can, which the equivalent in the Christian community is, well, just get stronger faith. Your, your faith is weak. You need to dig deeper in the word. Absolutely true. You do need to dig deeper in the word. However, we're talking about baby Christians. We're talking about people who have not yet exercised enough in the word. Their pantry ain't full with Christian stuff yet. They're not full with the word of God yet. And they're coming into an environment that can t technically hamper them in a lot of ways if they lack a strong Christian community, you right. know? And so I think rather than say, oh, the, like, you know, we have it easy here. Do we or are we literally ignoring the warfare that has been customized for us and our type of lifestyle so that we let it happen because we don't realize it's happening and we're not, you know, using and understanding the word enough and how to employ it with people who are impacted by this. You know, I think we excuse it in our own area and glorify it in other countries, you know, like, and not to say they're not suffering, they're absolutely suffering and we absolutely need to pray. But my point is just this, that there's warfare happening in all of the nations against God's word. And so we need to understand it won't always look the same. Right. And you know, the Bible has been telling us this for mm -hmm. as long as the Bible's been around <laughs> right? for, for thousands of years. But, um, what, what, as I'm listening to you talk about this and I'm listening to this idea, I, I want to throw this out first because I already said we need to go to our pantry, right? And we need to find peace in this because we, as we look through the Bible, you can actually say that they were pretty pretty common on milk. <laughs> like mm -hmm. when, when some of this persecution was going on, they were learning the ropes as well. Right. They were actually receiving milk. They were building themselves into meat. And so for the people out there that might not be so strong in the word of God, or for those people who don't sit there and say like, my faith will carry me through. Cool. I, I'm cool with that too. I used to say that in the military all the time. Right. So I ended up in like some training exercise where they're just messing with your brain and stuff. And then all of a sudden things just flip and you're like, Whoa, what happened? Right. But, but, I will say we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have an advantage. And Absolutely. I know that God is going to take care of his people. And yes. if he doesn't take care of his people, well, he ain't doing his job. Anyway, <laughs> but, but he'll meaning take, he always does. Meaning he always does. That's all that means. But when we look at the Bible, we see the verse that said, indeed, all who desire to live godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I mean, this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so is it going to happen? What levels is it going to happen on? All these things you could sit there and juggle around in your brain forever. Mm -hmm. But we need to start looking at it though. And we need to start seeing that this is starting to take place mm -hmm. because the Bible does not stand with society. In fact, the Bible right now in America, in a lot of parts, maybe you're not from areas, you know, it depends on where you live demographically, but right now in a lot of areas, the Bible almost is being portrayed as hate speech. Mm -hmm. Because we're, again, back to the psych psychological portion of this, right? We're sitting here in, a, in an environment where they're saying everyone has to be accepted. Everything has to be accepted. No matter what, it has to be accepted. Doesn't matter what road, dirty road, big road, bad road, it's got to be accepted. Except for Jesus. Right. <laughs> well, I love that. I mean, that's Except pretty much Jesus. how I came to Christ. I realized everyone gets together and, and, and bashes on 
Jesus and that he's the one that they make fun of even on Amazon. There's certain, mm. there's certain holy figures of certain belief systems. You're not allowed to make fun of on Amazon, but there's Jesus jokes everywhere you go. There's Jesus slander everywhere you go. Right. So I realized that now that is to a degree that is a type of persecution, but it's not the type that people want to give gravity to. However, when you think about the power media has over people, and you think about how Jesus is seen as either this cool surfer dude or he's seen as this, you know, this hippie or he's seen as this pothead or he's seen as this super tight lipped. You know, like he's always a caricature of himself. Mm. What does that do? It plants itself and embeds itself in the minds of people. Mm. And so they start walking with these preconceived notions of who Jesus is, whereas they don't have preconceived notions right. of who Muhammad or Buddha or the Hindu goddesses and gods are. They don't have preconceived notions of them. They get to hear that straight from the religion, but when it comes to Christianity, which is the truth, they're hearing these these little fancy stereotypes that defame him, right, and slander him. And so you see that these kinds of things, it looks a certain way in our societies for that reason. Right. Because think about it from a war standpoint. If hard times make strong people, <laughs> you don't want the people with the most resources to have hard times because then you make strong people with resources. Right. So you're going to take the people that have the most access, that have control over the media, that have money, that have all of this educational acts, all this stuff. You're going to take those people and you're just going to make it seem really lame to follow Jesus. And you're going to make those who follow Jesus feel really lame instead of making them endure the same thing places with a lot, not a lot of resources have because over there they get strong in their faith, but they can't do much outwardly with it across the pond. Whereas we could technically take that strength and go all over the world with it. And, and, and that is part of warfare. Mm -hmm. um, that is part of psychological warfare. Right. That is part of going in psyops, psyoptic <laughs> warfare. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Because, you know, there are governmental systems in place right now that have been in place. Now, you know, people run through this. I have never sat through anything that says, be nice to the Jew, be nice to the Muslim, be nice to the Christian. But in the recent years, there have definitely been trainings where it's be nice to certain groups of people mm -hmm. that are more on the society side, right. on the culture side, right. on what's being accepted right now and mm -hmm. what's being pushed right now. Be, be accepting to everyone who has decided religion ain't for them. Right. And Not so, the other way around. So anything that has God yeah. in it, has, has it's always been religious freedoms and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But I'm just saying, it, it's, it's these little things because I think that's what we're getting at here. We're getting at the little things, the little twists, the little tweaks, the little, it's not huge, it's not big, but when you start stacking, I like what you said because you said when you first came to Christ, that's nine and a half years ago, y'all. Mm -hmm. Nine and a half years ago. We weren't seeing what we're seeing today, nine and a half years ago, but here she is talking about it in a different level, which means it's increased because now it's not just little whispers here, little, right. it's everywhere. Right. And it's coming out, it's pouring out, and this is how the enemy likes to come in. So we start to see social exclusion. We start to see things where people are starting to reject people on, on you know, social media. That's one place. Even in society, I mean, go stand, mm -hmm. go stand. Go stand on our corners in our downtown, Silver Spring. Right? Just wearing a shirt. And just that says wear Jesus. a shirt. Man, okay, where were we yesterday? Hold on, where were we yesterday? 
we're the at, fair. The fair. So we're at the the fair here in Maryland. It's here for the week, right? We're looking at animals. Okay, I'm in my Jesus stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just it's what you that's what on. I wear. But I, I wear this all the time. I'll just wear this when I'm on TV or when I'm like, oh, let me go out and stir the pot. Right. This these is, are these this are, is are our real like. clothes. These are my real clothes. And and so I'm out there and I. I, I think I, oh, prayer is activism was the shirt I had. And of course I had the shirt, the hat that said, everyone needs Jesus. I got some of the worst looks. Mm-hmm. They would look at me and then they look at my, you could see them like glance down to where, where it reads on my chest. And it was like this disgusting look and they walk away. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at them that way. Now, let me tell you something. I didn't agree with a lot of stuff I saw that they were wearing. I didn't, but I never once glanced and like, who are you? I can't believe you're wearing that. Oh, what kind of emo person are you? I never said any of that, right? right. In my head. I'm just like, you I'm just, just watching people, scanning people, life. right? Living my life, doing what I want to do in my free country. So when we start to see this, we start to see social exclusion. Social exclusion is a huge one. And I don't, I think that the people, I there are some people I highly respect on social media, on YouTube, mm. who make fun of, kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, make fun or take a stab at, the people who say, hey, we do have persecution. And I get why. There is this like must, this complex mm. where I'm being persecuted. I'm being persecuted against. Help me. Deliver me. I'm going fast. Fast with me. You know, whatever. My boss don't like me. I get it. There's people who think that they're being persecuted to the degree of Paul everywhere right. they go. And that is, again, you not reaching in and getting reality out of your right. pantry. Right? right. However, it's also just as irresponsible and incorrect to say that there is not a psychological effect when you are socially excluded. Right. We are social people. He made us to desire right. community. And not everyone has access to strong Christian community. I hear enough horror stories mm. of churches who have let the ball drop on the most vital points of a church and its function that I understand that there are a lot of people who want to follow Jesus who are getting bad doctrine, mm. bad fellowship, People are gossiping more in the church than they are at their job or, every, like, you know, it's just it's so dramatic and it's so wrong. And it makes sense because there are flawed people in the church. You would hope that you'd have leadership that's less flawed, a little more anchored in the word that can help guide everyone else. But sometimes you don't have that. Right. Right. Social exclusion. Here's the impacts of it on mental health. Right. Because this is one of the way there's solitary confinement for a reason in prisons because it messes with your mind, okay? And it's a punishment for criminals. But just general impact of social exclusion, this happens in high schools and we know it hurts and it causes kids to do the wrong things and make the wrong choices all the time. So you can have depression, anxiety, poor sleep quality, loneliness, cognitive decline, memory problems, jealousy. You can even end up more obese because of those reasons, weakened immune system, high blood pressure, heart failure. Those are real things and it's impacting. And when people, people know, see, cause here's the difference. I don't like somebody's shirt. I don't pull a face that I hope they see to cause any kind of issue. When you're actively making sure people know you don't like what they're doing, that you don't like what you're seeing, that you disapprove, that you want nothing to do with them as mm. a human being, you are choosing to take what you're feeling and make sure they know it because we know as humans how to manipulate one another, right? We know how to evoke emotions out of one another and we want to give them a taste of our distaste. Mm. We want to punish, we want to hurt, but we don't want to go get arrested for it. But it's still something that the less Christians you have in an area and the more people that 
disagree to that level you have in an area, the more likely it's to happen. When it happens to someone who has been walking a long time, who knows who their, what their identity is in Christ, who knows who, who the Lord says they are and who the Lord is and what he says, it's a different experience for them, which is why we need to reach in again and pull out the peace, pull out our identity <laughs> in Christ from the pantry. But for those who are new that lack community, that's enough to make them feel ashamed, scared, right. self-conscious, all these things, and send them way back in their faith walk. Right. Or at least, or at least, drive them into a hole. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, maybe they're look. Maybe they need that hole for the face walk, for their faith walk. I'm not not trying to push them in, but right, I'm saying right. sometimes we the need Lord those holes. The Lord will use anything. The, the, the Lord, but He uses holes. Right. He uses that. He uses that that those feelings, that depression, anxiety, poor sleep quality. I think that when we start looking through life, and we start looking through society and stuff, what she just read is exactly the things that are like. Oh my gosh, they're exploding. Like they're exploding. These we see this in our children. We see this at schools. We're seeing more SSIs, right? We're seeing all of these things. We're seeing a lot of medication, the SSIs, anyways. SSRIs. SSRIs. The medications that are being poured onto onto the kids because of these problems. Because everyone's doing it to everyone. Everyone. And so and so, (laughs) but here's the cool thing. Again, let's go back to disciples. Because I love the disciples. Right. They were being thrown down. There were people speaking out against them. They were, they were being shunned. They were being, look, if they had social media back then, they would have been cut. Mm-hmm. They would have been, eh, So imagine being in that place, but what did they have? Mm-hmm. They had Jesus. Right. And so as we keep walking through this, I'm going to keep bringing this up because I yeah. don't want to get dig so deep into this that people are like, <gasps> right. but we should be at a <gasps> moment, but a <gasps> I need Jesus more right. moment. Right. But watch this. I need Jesus more and I don't have to always just sit back and be silent. I think that it's okay for us to stand up. I think it's okay for us to say, no, this isn't right. There are people that are, that are going through this. I've got friends, mm-hmm. friends right now that have been fired from their jobs because why, why? They wore a Jesus shirt to work one day and somebody in the community didn't like it and just wreaked havoc on them. Until the employer said, hey, I got to let you go. Not the one wreaking havoc, but the one who wore the shirt. Right. And I'm like, okay, so this is, but Romans 8. Mm-hmm. I love it. Romans 8, 28. Everybody likes that verse. But I like to scroll down because it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it was written? For your sake, we are killed all day long. <laughs> we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. There is your position, y'all. I'm sorry. That's where, we're, that's where we're at. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk some more on this stuff because we're going to keep going. I, we want to wake. we want to help people yes. understand what is being used against yes. us here? Because here's the thing, it's not to freak you out. It's not to be like, oh no, now I get to claim all these things as my excuse for why life's hard. No, no, no. We're waking you up to what the weapons mm. are so you realize it's worth praying against these things. It's worth learning who you are in Christ. It's worth teaching who others are in Christ to them. It's worth all of these things because we're not just Oh, we're so privileged. Right. It comes at a cost because warfare 
is different depending on what your terrain is, mm. depending on who you're dealing with. And like I said before, you're not going to pick the people that have the biggest arsenal of media control and get them all in their feelings and all messed up on the streets, pull them out. The, they will mess up Earth. <laughs> because that's the people that get strong. You do that to the people who have no way of getting out, right. except Jesus brings them out anyway. Right. As exiles, as, what's the word? Um, when you're, when you're like, oh my gosh. No, what's the word? Asi exi not exiles. Exile, as um, asylum. Asylum, yes. yes. Okay, so you, <laughs> God brings them out of those places through asylum, and they get red hot on fire in areas right. that are considered safe for them to believe right. what they believe. However, what we're experiencing here is a lot of the social abuses, psychological right. abuses that kind of bully and intimidate. And here's the thing, here's the big spoiler. How do we know this is Satan and not the flesh? It's both. Witchcraft is a work of the flesh mm. on behalf of a satanic worldview, okay? Right. And what do, what are the three main tenets of witchcraft, not tenets, but the three main factors of witchcraft. It's intimidation, right. domination, right. and manipulation, okay? That is the definition of psychological Well, that's not witchcraft, that's straight back to Satan. Well, exactly, that's what I'm saying. But <laughs> right. when people start doing what know, he does, know, know, it's right, witchcraft, right? I'm just saying, it's just hilarious. <laughs> They've adopted evil. Anyways. Exactly, so types of psychological abuse, so intimidation, coercion, yeah. bullying, ridicule, humiliation, gaslighting, harassment, infantilization, isolation, silence, manipulation, control, threats, name calling. I would say our government's actually guilty of a lot of this for all of us, <laughs> FYI. <laughs> Which is another reason, no matter who's in office, it seems like we're treated more and more like children. They more and more want to call us names if we disagree with them. It happens on every level. Well, right? I mean, the shift has already been done. Right, it's right. gone from we the people to they rule over us. Exactly. Right. right. We've already seen that. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was funny. I looked up intimate partner abuse, you know, at the same yeah. time. And I was reading this. I'm like, this is literally our government. They want to know where I am all the time. They want me <laughs> to be in constant contact with them with all these apps. They want to monitor everything I do. They want more, you know, right. and I'm like, okay. So at that level, you know, you can see it on just humanity at large, right? right? Because if you monitor all of humanity, you're definitely getting the Christians and anybody else who wouldn't agree with what you're doing. But on an individual level, on an individual level, I think one of the big things that got me is when I was looking up, okay, so why don't people report it, right? Why right. don't people report this type of abuse? Because they think people won't believe them. Because they have shame. Because they feel mm -hmm. like it's half their fault. What are we doing in the church to make people feel that way? We're saying, you don't have enough faith. You, you're a weak Christian. You're a baby Christian. You know, you're pathetic. You need to just know who you are more in Christ. Do they need to know who they are more in Christ? Like we said before, right. of course. But how are we presenting that to them? When people come to us, we don't need to say, it's like when our kids don't want to finish their food and we pull out that there's starving kids in Kenya that couldn't even get this food if I FedExed it overnight to them. And that's going to help. No, you let them understand they're starving children, but that is not why they should eat their food. Okay. <laughs> in the same way, we're saying, oh, you're not really suffering. This is suffering. And we don't do that anywhere else in the Christian life, right? Like if someone experiences death or a breakup or cancer, we never say, oh, this. But when they experience pressure from the world to conform, I've heard many people say they're not taken seriously because of where they live. Right. And yet that's how evil gains a threshold, when you deny its existence, Right. you know? So I think, I think that through all of this, we've, we've talked about the psychological law, we've talked about social, but there's other examples that are more in line 
with what the rest of the world is experiencing because we've been psychologically and socially messed with for so long that now Christianity is dropping, right? We can accredit that to the sentiment, the anti-Christian sentiment that's psychologically been pushed on a lot of our society for so long. And the fact that we kept leaving our countries and going to other countries and not sharing the gospel here as much because we were like, the people here don't wanna hear it. People here, they just reject it, right? And so we leave. But there's there's now a lot more examples, lawsuits, punishments right. in school, punishments at work. I, I, and we start seeing movements actually. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my area doesn't receive me. I'm gonna move to another area. Mm-hmm. It's like where we've been planted, we're trying to escape. Right. But why? I mean, it's it's because we we fall under judgments. We fall under, like like you were saying, no one willing to believe us. Maybe our safety. We're worried about our safety. Mm-hmm. Um, shame. I like that one because I think that a lot of times people like to shame others. Shame others into conforming to whatever they believe. We see, man, it's so abusive. Like like when you start just looking at all of this and you start looking at society. I'm gonna even say this. You know, we're we're, we're sitting here talking about outside, but this happens within the church too. The shaming and this abuse and this and this ideology changing that they want to instill into people around them. Mm-hmm. And we start to really sit there and I start seeing the world just disintegrate because evil does like separation. Evil does like division because I, I, my favorite verse ever, a divided kingdom will fall. And so when we start to watch this start coming towards what we truly stand upon, Mm-hmm. The word of God, you know, it's like, no, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. Well, you don't have a Holy Spirit. There is no Holy Spirit. There is no God. You're just saying that there's a God. I mean, this is really where this goes. Who are these people? There's no, not even a God. What's going on? And this is where this goes. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes this battlement. And you know what? This is what God promised us. God said that at the end, at the end, we would face these things. We would start going into seasons where Christian man, by the time tribulation comes, there will be an outright war on Christians everywhere. Right. It's not just going to be in the Middle East. It's not just going to be in Africa. It's going to be anywhere that still exists. Right. Because I, I can't break that down in Revelation either. Mm-hmm. Like what's still going to be here? What's going to be swallowed up by earthquakes and all this other right. stuff? But, but what I'm saying is we are headed towards outright war. And where I stand in this, well, is it going to happen in my time? I don't know. I could sit there in a bubble and say, I'm cool. I'm good. I'll probably die before any of this happens. But I really don't know. And then when you throw kids into the mix, you know, we got a child. We got a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, wait, hold on. (laughs) I might die, but I got a generation behind me. Right. And I need to also bring into this without paranoia, Mm -hmm. without like, watch this, not falling into into depression and anxiety and worry and, oh my gosh, oh, woe is me. It's never going to be better mentality. Mm -hmm. But in a victorious mentality that stands up and says, no, I'm going to stand on God because God is where I stand. Disciples again, everyone that was in the Bible that believed in God stood on God. They had their moments. They had their trials. They had, but at the end of the day, they were like, no, I will not back down from my Christ, right. from the belief in my Christ. Right. And so that's where I stand in this. I'm like, okay, fine. And I watch this. Tactical. <laughs> when it comes to tactical and I watch people like twist things and turn things so that people twist and turn with them in order for things to be established, I see it. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is going to be very interesting. So at that day, at that point, I'm like, well, 
I can watch and worry and, and worry about my family or I can sit there and say, no, we're going to establish Christ in this home. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move in that. Yeah, I think that this is one of those examples where when you look into your pantry, you need to get out the fear, get out the paranoia, right. get out the intimidation. How do you do that, though? Well, in a pantry that's full, mm. how do you fit something new in it? Or how do you increase this if there's already stuff in there taking there up space? You, you start taking out the fear. There is always fear to remove. Right. Right. When when you don't have a big enough like box or barrel or whatever you store your identity <laughs> in Christ in, if it's not big enough in your pantry, it's because there's stuff crowding it out, mm. right? There's skepticism, there's fear, there's something that makes you think that it's not enough to know who he says you are. So you start believing what the world says you are. It's not enough what he says will come, you're turning to the world to find out what's going to come. Mm. And when you do that, you start hearing more, You you you're more susceptible to hearing it at all, but also you're more available to hear more of it. And I think that that's one of the big things that we experience when we go out trying to hear, we, we had an episode on the rage porn right. and the fear porn. When you go out looking at the rage stuff, you're looking at the people who mm. often vehemently hate you. They really don't like you. And maybe everyone on your block could care less about you, right? They don't, or they think you're fine, right? You're a nice person, you mow your lawn, whatever but you're watching videos of the people that absolutely hate you. And that will get in your mind in ways Mm. that you can't necessarily predict. And, you know, I mean, we live in a time where there's more and more examples that I think people would call, the ones who say that this kind of abuse ain't really a thing and that you just need more faith, they will admit that there are things going on right now that do lump us in. You know, like when the football coach was fired or asked to resign when he was praying on the field. Right. And then they say, well, public school, AKA secular school, because you know, any belief system that goes against us is allowed there, but our belief system ain't. They also are asking, you know, some of those campus ministries on college campuses, because you know, like you said earlier, the Bible is hate speech. So get off our campus. We don't welcome hate speech here. And it's that easy. And what happens over and over is you hear the two sides that we need to take this seriously side that also has the the French freak outside, right? And then you also have the people who are like, well, it'll never get that bad. It'll never, that's a once in a lifetime kind of example. But what happens, and this is the foot in the door technique, this is a persuasive tool you use in life. You start as a child. When you realize your parents will say no unless you ask for something crazier first. So instead of asking for what you really want, you ask for something crazier than what you want so they say no. And then you ask for the thing you really want and they're more likely to say yes. That happens at every level of government and in every social circle to some degree. So what you see is you see people attacking bakers for not making cakes for one reason. People in the UK getting arrested for praying outside of a certain type of clinic on another day. You see someone getting fired for praying on another day. Someone else, you know, fired because someone has a vendetta against them because of what they believe. You have a Marine court martial for pasting a Bible verse above her desk. You have a Atlanta fire chief fired for self-publishing a book defending Christian moral teaching. You have a YouTube channel demonetized because they don't like what they're saying on their video, right? Right. You have these start to happen more and more and maybe some of them do win in court, but they're they're tied up in court for a ridiculous amount of time. It shouldn't take that long if it's that clear cut Mm. unless there's a lot of people vested in having this fail, right? 
So uh, yeah, I think that's, it keeps that, that's, happening that, that, that's and a good it wears point. people down and gets it's the same thing that happens in politics with left and right. Suddenly they're all starting to agree because they say something outrageous and make the other side agree to something in the middle. Right. I like what you, the one of the points, the most important point in that is we will sit there and be like, oh, they won. Oh, they won that case. But the thousands and thousands of dollars that were spent fighting that case came out of their pockets. It's not like they were ret- they, they got any retribution on that. Mm-hmm. They didn't get no money back. Right. Half they the time, that's this. the point. Right. They want to so, get and so them it's like So that's the little things. So like, it's like, because we, we sit there and we'll be like, oh, yeah, because I remember the cake one. It's my hometown. It's my home, my home state, right? Mm-hmm. Colorado. And that, a couple of cases. And then, of course, they, Satan gets into that. And then now there's one that's like, twists everything, takes one that works, and then takes another one. Then it gets all, it's like, it looks good. And then all of a sudden, it's like, somebody did something shady on our side. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what you know, but that's how the, that's how the enemy works. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I think recently I saw uh, a man who was actually jailed for not calling his own kid what his kid wanted to be called. Mm-hmm. And you start looking at this, and you're like, okay, little things here, little things here, but those little things grow and turn into policy and, and turn into policy. But I think when we start looking at this, we really have to know something. <laughs> let the sword, or let them, excuse me, let the shield defend. And let the sword strike. In other words, know these things. Mm-hmm. Know these things. So then when fiery darts are coming, you know what to, to fight it with. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to sit there and fight it on your own merit, your own will, you're not, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to spin wheels. Right. But if you put up that shield and you let the word of God be inside of you and in your heart and you, and you trust and you believe that God's going to carry you through it, he's going to do that. Right. And so all of these things, as we talk about them today, right, we're sitting here talking about all these little things. They're good things to understand that are happening. Mm-hmm. Understand this too. If you're on any kind of social media platform, well, now you got to go against AI and bots. I mean, it's it's just it's what it is. Whoever creates it is who <laughs> the algorithm it's going to roll with. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, we have Christian content creators and creators and all this stuff, but not on the level that we're seeing in social media. We have no Christian that owns Google. <laughs> we have no Christian who owns, you know, like like Twitter. <laughs> right. We don't have a Christian who owns what's another platform? Facebook. <laughs> like right. we, just, it's it's not. And yeah. so when you go into those spaces, understand those spaces, know those spaces. When you walk around town, understand that space that you live in, recognize that space, but walk in there victorious, like I said before, mm-hmm. and walk in there with Christ and say, you know what, mm-hmm. though the world might come against me, God is for me and he will never leave me nor forsake me. Mm-hmm. Isn't what got you through all the PSYOPs training, the mental fortitude they were testing you for? Absolutely. And that's what we're saying. That's what God's word gives you. Amen. So remember, you can get, if you haven't already, our Jesus Not Junk Food seven-day devotional. It'll help you kind of exercise those muscles. We're also planning another one coming up. And you can also support us at patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The Pantry Podcast is also honored to be featured on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Media on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.